Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. Today our guest is Superintendent of Schools in District 181, Lane Larson. Lane, welcome back to Community Focus. Thank you. It's always nice to be here. Elaine, uh, you and the school board uh, and your staff had to make a very difficult decision here, but actually part of that was driven by data uh, that the state had put out and basically told you we had to move to distance learning, right? Right. Yeah, and as um, we've been sharing all along through multiple communications methods, um, the school district has been looking at numerous data points to make our decision. And one of them certainly was the county number, and everyone can see that the numbers uh, in Crow Wing County are are rapidly increasing. Um, I think even a week from now or so, they're anticipating that we'll be in the 160s. And um, in the the, uh, diagram that was sent out to us in June to use as a guide, just for that one data piece, um, if we went to 50 per 10,000 people, um, that you should consider going into distance learning for your entire district. And so we've been watching that piece, but but along with that, we've also been looking very carefully at um, how many uh, students and how many staff are in quarantine at this time because of a close contact or, or close exposure. Mm-hmm. We're looking at the number of positive cases among our staff and our students. We're looking at our ability to staff our classrooms, um, our special education programs, our transportation, food service, and et cetera. So there are many, many data points that we use to make all of the decisions that we've been making this fall. The biggest issue that we have had, however, really has to do with our staffing because of the number of uh, staff members, whether it be teachers, paraprofessionals, uh, our contracted bus services and so on, who either are testing positive or are in quarantine. And we just have gotten to a point where we can't adequately meet the requirements that are set in the safe learning plan uh, to meet those needs in our staffing. And so that was a huge component or a couple different components in our decision-making to move into um, the distance learning model. And I just want to remind everyone, too, that we had five goals that were at the forefront of when we determined what our safe learning plan was going to be that we brought forward to the board in August. And the first one was to ensure the safety and well-being and health of our students, our staff, and our community when they come to our facilities. And the second one was to Um, try to keep our youngest learners face-to-face with their teachers as long as we can, and also our students that had really high, um, severe to profound needs. And we feel fortunate that we were able to keep all of those children in with their teachers for uh, 10 weeks. But um, it is, it breaks my heart today as I drove to school and no buses were driving through the streets and no kids were playing in the playgrounds as I drove by the elementary schools and to be moving into this model today. Yeah. A couple of things we'll add. Uh, Of course, you're actually better prepared now than last spring when this happened, though. Isn't that true? Absolutely. And I'm really glad you brought that up because, as everyone knows, on March 15th, we were told that 
um, effective the 18th of March, I believe it was, that we were going into distance learning that fast. And at that time, we did not have one-to-one technology for everyone. Our high school had it, but we didn't have that at that time. And we were able to get one-to-one devices uh, figured out for our middle school, our middle-level students. And then we were, the board, uh, they have just been champions as far as supporting us in our with our needs and they uh, had us look at what additional devices we had that we could use for our elementary children but we also were able to purchase enough devices that we could have one per two children in a family and so and but you know we hadn't done like a ton of professional development with our teachers yet about what does a virtual learning or a distance learning model look like at that point. It just kind of was dropped on us. And so following the spring, uh, we did several surveys to find out what worked well for our families, for our staff, uh, for our community. What are the things we needed to look at and work on um, if we had to go into the distance model? Because As you are well aware, in June, um, the Commissioner of Education and uh, Executive Orders came through and said, we need to have you prepared for an in-person, a hybrid, or distance learning at any time during the coming school year. And so we took all all of that knowledge that uh, we had learned from those surveys and from um, communication with our staff provided professional development. Um, Our Board of Education committed to a device per student. So every one of our children that are now in distance learning has a device at their hands to be able to meet with their teacher each day. We also developed a model that is synchronous. So the time, the schedule uh, in an in-person education will be the same schedule in hybrid and the same schedule for distance learning. So if our children have morning meeting at 8.30 every day, if they're on distance learning, they turn on their computers and they have morning meeting at the same time they would if they were in person with their teacher. And so um, our teachers and paraprofessionals and everyone have the work that these people have been doing along with leadership from the administration and the whole team is none other than miraculous. It's absolutely miraculous. Miraculous. And they are true heroes um, in what is being provided. And um, we're ready and we're going to do a great job. And we know that it'll never be as perfect as it is when we get our kids back into that hybrid model where they can be with their teachers. But we're going to do the best job we can uh, from during that time. And we know you are. People know you are. Thank you. And, um, and, so, and Lane, we should uh, probably mention, too, that uh, this is here to stay probably for the foreseeable future because it's just too much to try and go back and forth, isn't it, with uh, yeah. hybrid back to yeah. this and so on and yeah. so forth? Right. Yeah. And the other thing, uh, to go back and forth isn't healthy for anyone, for kids, for families, for teachers, for parents. parents. <laughs> Absolutely. It just it, it just isn't. And honestly, when you look at the data right now and the numbers, not only at our local level for our school, but you look also at our county level, until that number gets to an area over a period of time where we know it's going to be safe for our students to return, our staff to return, our families to return, and they can stay there, um, we 
we just don't want to bounce back and forth. The one commitment, though, that we will make to the to our community is that we're going to continue to keep you well communicated with. And so um, at least twice a month, we're going to have communication go out to our families, just letting you know kind of where we're at, what we're looking at. There's going to be several changes yet because we, you know, we get executive orders and things that come to us from MDE that we have to adjust to. Um, even athletics and things like that, we're going to have to figure out um, what that looks like as we move forward. And we're going to uh, just keep uh, great communication with our with our community uh, so everybody stays informed. And please check the website because we'll always have really up-to-date pieces there, too. And, of course, Lane, always feel free to make our radio station part of your family. Let us know how we can help you because there are some people in the community who don't have kids that are in the school district and they don't understand what's going on. They're not getting that communication. Let us know how we can help. Perfect. And you guys have been awesome and you're, you're always so good. Even making this special occasion today where we can get the word out. And so I appreciate that so much. Another uh, tool that's really been effective lately that I would recommend people watch is every board meeting now is online. Mm -hmm. And so if people want data like on how many students are in quarantine and how many positives and same with staff and so on, we give an update at every single board meeting right now. And so we encourage people to watch those board meetings. Very good. Lane, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the district got a lot of help from the CARES Act. Is that correct? Yes, there are dollars that have come both at the federal and state level um, to help us meet some of the existing financial challenges that we have within our school district. This has um, really um, been difficult for us financially um, in at, in every avenue, in a lot of respects. And so we are most appreciative of the support that our legislators have given us at a state and also at a federal level to help us. Um, is it going to cover everything? No. And um, there are, you know, things that we're still asking. And I know one of the conversations we had before we went on the air is that um, we still are asking our community to please fulfill uh, to turn in the uh, free and reduced meals uh, paperwork. We have until November 30th, um, even, um, and bless our state's heart that um, our meals are going to be free this uh, for this school year for all of our families, but we still need that paperwork turned in because it is significant in our compensatory reimbursements. It's significant in our possibility to apply for any grants that might come available to help us during this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And right now it's meaning about $1.8 million in loss to the school district if we don't get them in. So um, I'm asking everyone to please, and we ask all families to please turn in the the meal reimbursement forms to the school district by November 30th. And that's just a few weeks away. So let's, we're all losing track of time and the date. Let's get, let's just do this and get it done. Yeah. And it's every, you know, Tess, you had asked that. It's every school in the entire state that that is needing to make that deadline. And so um, if you have any questions about it, call uh, your building, uh, your building principal will be there or call the district offices. The business office can help to 
uh, find that paperwork or send out another copy. And so uh, we really are asking people to continue to do that same paperwork that you do every year. Okay. And that was my question is, uh, I don't know how that was sent to parents, but we know how easy it is to lose these things so they can get another one if they somehow misplaced it. Correct. And we are going to be calling families and such too um, over the course of the next week or so. And so um, if you get that call, uh, we will get it to you or email it to you or, or do whatever is necessary. So Lee, is that available on the ISD 181 website too? Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. it will be on the main page of the website where they can reach that document. Okay. One last question, Elaine. Uh, uh, what about extracurricular activities? Well, at this point, um, we were uh, we are planning to finish out our fall season as much as we can. And as you heard, we had some cases um, attached to football season, which shut that down, um, which was another heartbreaking thing last Thursday, um, because we were hoping to be able to finish out our fall seasons. Um, and we still will are working with our volleyball team to go through the sections and and uh, the end out strong with the fall season there. Our winter seasons, what we're doing right now is we're trying to minimize the amount of people that we have on um, in our buildings and such. So if it's an outdoor sport that the kids are in in the winter, we're going to start the season, at least the practices and any tryouts and things like that that might be happening for all levels of our outdoor sports because it's easier to control it when we're out of doors. But the indoors, we're, at this point, we're trying to keep our varsity teams in yet and to do the sports and the tryouts and those kinds of things. And then we'll, like I said, we'll be watching this carefully and we'll be talking to families um, as we move through this, if and we're going to follow the guidelines of the Minnesota Department of Health and also the Minnesota State High School League. If things change, um, we will follow the protocols as expected by them. All right. But we're going to give it a try. We're going to we're going to try to keep some of that activity going as much as we can. Um, the other thing is the district and. Um, again, thank you to the CARES money and to the Board of Education for supporting it. But we have a new COVID coordinator, Angie Hamilton, um, is taking this on along with many people from the district offices as far as uh, guiding uh, the cases within the school district. We have uh, um, some support staff helping. Um, this really is just about a 24-7 position right now. Weekends are practically more busy than the weekdays. And so um, we just are really appreciative of the support that we have to help us through this. Excellent. Anything else we should know as we move into uh, the holiday season? Yeah, I would like to talk just about two things. One is many people are asking about emergency care. If you go on our website, you can register for emergency care. Um, Our tier one employees throughout our region are eligible for emergency care, which is academic support now in the fall. Oh, it is. And it was in the spring. Wow. And that is being offered for our uh, early learning through uh, grade four students from 730 to three o'clock at Baxter, Lowell, Nisswa, and Riverside Elementary Schools. 
Our middle school from fifth grade to eighth grade can have emergency care during the same periods of time at Forest View Middle School. And then any other families that need some uh, support can enroll their kids in Fun and Friends, which is available for students in grades kindergarten through grade eight. And it's held at the Washington Educational Services Building um, from Monday through Friday from 6.30 a.m. to 6 o'clock p.m. And so we are providing great educational support uh, to the families that are in need in our region. And also, I want to remind families that if they um, want to receive, that Brainerd Public Schools is offering seven-day meal kits, and you want to receive those meal kits, any people 18 and under are eligible for a seven-day meal kit, Mm -hmm. and they can be picked up at Brainerd High School or at Forest View Middle School on Wednesdays between 10 and 1. And all the parents have to do is drive up and say, I have four children, for instance, Mm -hmm. uh, between uh, 18 or under, and you'll get four seven-day meal kits for the children. So uh, please take advantage of this. We really want to make sure that our children uh, continue to get the food that they need for healthy nutrition. We also want to make sure that we're providing the academic support um, that people need. If there are still people that are needing like a hotspot or some kind of um, internet access, CTC has been wonderful in in supporting that. But we also were one of uh, two districts in the state of Minnesota that were awarded and accepted the T-Mobile Project's 10 million project. And so at a reasonable cost, we have hotspots available for families that need it. And so like Ken, you said a little bit ago, uh, we are so much more prepared than (laughs) we're in March. And so anything that our families need, let us know and we will do our best to accommodate and in the hopes of getting our kids back real soon. Very good. And again, Lane, we talked about a lot of things. I know a lot of this information is on your website, correct? It's all on the website. Yes, it is. Parents can go there, find out what they need to know, and access that help. Yep. And and just in parting, um, like I said, we just look forward to the day when we can have everybody back together. And the way we can do that is just everybody following those guidelines. Wear your mask. Maintain that social distance. Avoid larger group gatherings, especially now during the holidays. These are going to be really times where it's extra important if we want to get our kids back real soon. Practice hygiene, and if you're not feeling well, stay home and get a test. And and again, do virtual meetings and things like that, like all the modifications that we're making to try to keep ourselves just as healthy as we can so we can be together again soon. Well said. Lane, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to visit with us today. Best of luck, and if we don't see you, have a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Thank you. I appreciate it, and to all of you, too. And I just want to thank this wonderful community for the genuine support that we feel. And um, we feel, you know, people are have really been very kind. And so thank you very much for your support and love your children. Absolutely. Lane, thank you. It was wonderful to talk with you. Have a great Thanksgiving. You too. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye.
Lane Larson is our guest today. Lane is the superintendent of schools in the Brainerd Schools here, District 181. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. We remind you that our Community Focus programs can be found anytime on our website. Just go to 1067wjjy.com, and you can also find them on our free downloadable app. That's powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.